everyone and welcome back to another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I am your host, the Coupon Queen Pen. Guys, I have an awesome guest today by the name of Faust Ruggiero and he's going to talk to us about fixing some things. So let's take a moment out for our sponsors and I'll be right back with Faust. So guys, like I was saying, I am here with Faust Ruggiero and we're going to talk about not only just being fixed, but fixing yourself. But before that, Faust, could you please introduce yourself to my listeners? Absolutely. And thanks for the invitation, by the way. Um, My name is Faust Ruggiero. I'm the author of the Fix Yourself Handbook. I'm a clinical therapist. I've been in practice for private practice for 31 years and doing this for just over four decades now. Wow. Okay. So you've been in practice for 31 years? Private practice. Yes. Wow. Okay. That's pretty cool. (laughs) So, okay. I mean, I know that to get your doctorate, everyone has to write a book, but what made you say, okay, it's time to write the fix yourself handbook. Now, that's the question everyone asks. And uh, for me, I, I've been uh, counseling, again, 31 years, private practice. But uh, before that, uh, other places, you know, clinics, hospitals, prisons, uh, all different places. So I, I began to see a very diverse population. And as I was in private practice, I began to you know, filter in things that worked and things that didn't work. And I began to see that there were all these good processes that I could use to help people. So after all this time, I put them into a text uh, and, and, we, and we released it in uh, December. So it, it's a written version of really what goes on in the counseling environment and gives people a chance to see not only how we do things, but uh, to see how uh, they can pick out some things that work for them. Wow. Okay. So in other words, it's kind of one of those, you know, you're, you're, you're really going in for yourself and taking a very introspective look, correct? Well, you have to do that. As a therapist, you have to do that. And then the book uh, helps other people, helps the people that, you know, that are reading it do that. Okay. Question, because I know someone in my inbox or message is going to message me after this somewhere and ask, so why get the book and not see a therapist or should you do both? Well, it's always great to do both. But the interesting thing is that so many people don't see therapists uh, for a variety of different reasons. Um, uh, and and the, other, the other part about the book is that uh, it's, it's outlining 36 different problems that people have. That's, that doesn't happen in self-help books. Usually it's, it's one or two, maybe three problems they'll, right. they'll uh, hit on. Uh, what I did, because that's what we do in counseling. You know, if you come in and you say, geez, you know, maybe I, I'm, I'm, I have depression or anxiety, and that's great. But by the time I tear through that, I'm going to find 10, 15 different uh, dynamics that are going to factor into that depression and, and that anxiety. So okay. I wrote the book to be the same way. So people aren't just getting a very limited approach you know they can look and say here here are all the different kinds of processes and I put in you know the processes I'm talking about things like trust uh, setting boundaries uh, slowing down life uh, you know going with a more natural flow 
uh, all different kinds of things. And uh, so th that's what we do in counseling. So uh, for a lot of people, they read the book and then they say, okay, this is what I should be doing. And then they go to counseling. Well, that's good. I mean, in other words, so no guys, he's not saying that, you know, the book is one for the other, but in other words, for those who haven't sought out counseling and may want to try it. In other words, this is definitely the book for you. And though, even though if you've gone to counseling, this may be the book for you. This is the book for you because in other words, you're essentially getting into everything that people don't normally get into. That's exactly what I'm doing. Uh, you know, uh, it starts out, you know, with it's taking life off autopilot. It's the first thing, you know, we're, we're a society that tends to follow the crowd and you feel like, you know, you're missing something if you don't. And I'm telling people, slow down, take life off that autopilot. Because we, the first thing I do in counseling is I, I establish the starting spot with people. Let's look at where we have to start in your life. And so, you know, that's the first step in the process. But then I want them to get really honest with themselves. And that's not something people like to do. It's hard. It's real hard to look at yourself and find some things you don't like, but I, I right. make it easy. You know, I, I make it a little easier. You know, uh, you know, we, we, we're going to slow down. We're going to look at some things. Uh, we're going to work with emotions. I, I try to get people to get their head. You, know, you can have the emotions, but get your head in front of things first. So you can, when you do express your emotions, you're expressing them health over healthy things. So, you know, in the first part of the book, that's what I'm doing. I'm just slowing people down and getting them to work with their facts and with their intellects. Uh, put their emotions aside for a little while and, uh, and get honest with themselves. And then we start from there and we take off and, you know, it, it's, it's full. The book is full of, uh, of information. As I said, 36 chapters and I give information at the end of every chapter. I tell people exactly what you have to do uh, in order to fix that. Uh, and that's again, something we don't normally see in, in, in self-help books. We, we, we do it in counseling, but we don't, we don't see it in the books. And then I also wrote the book so it can be a reference book. So, you know, a year down the road, you're slipping back a little bit. You can go right to the book and pick up that exact problem, go right to the steps to change it. Nice. Now you said something about getting your emotions out of the way. And I hear this a lot, um, especially with, especially with relationship or men and women, you know, talking about men and women. And there's always this talk about, logic and emotion now somehow it's been a thought that you know if you're log working logically you can't be emotional at all or if you're if you're being emotional you're not logical is there any truth to that you know and that's the part that has so many people concerned when we try to do this no you 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 can you can emote right through the process because the bottom line is part of our makeup is emotional. So, you know, we're right. not going to just wipe it out. You know, this isn't Spock on Star Trek. Uh, right. what, what, we're, what we're doing is teaching people to just look at the facts first and then put your feelings in. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. We're, I hate to see people denying their feelings. That, that's just going to make things worse. So what, what, we, what, what I want to do is, I, I, it's a chapter I called I over E, intellect over emotion. That okay. doesn't mean... We, we don't use emotions. It just means we learn how to get the facts. And then what we're reacting to is based on factual information. We have, a, you know, we're real good at coloring up the facts. Right, right. The way we like them. 
Right. You're, you're, you're very right about that. You're very right about that. So, okay. Now, one of the things I think we have the hardest time doing, and you may have touched, you actually did touch on it a little bit, is being honest with ourselves. Um, how, I would ask you, how hard is it usually to get someone within, you know, when they first start seeing you to be honest with themselves? And does the book make this easier? When they come into counseling, uh, everyone wants to present it as they see it. And again, once I slow them down and we start working with facts, it really isn't that difficult. I'll tell you, the problem is uh, there's this safety factor. People think if they go and, and they get inside themselves and they find some things that maybe aren't so nice, you know, other people will find them out and they're going to be vulnerable or they'll go in and find things and it really kind of betrays the the uh, idea we have about ourselves and who we are, you know? So what I just, I, I make it very safe and I say, go in, let's just go in and find all the facts. You're going to find some things you don't like, but you're going to find a lot of things you do like. And a lot of times people will develop a negative uh, opinion of themselves. And that's not really true. When you go inside, there's a whole lot of beauty in there, uh, but they haven't learned how to be honest. So they're not going to fix some things that aren't so nice and they're not going to find all the good stuff either. So I make it very, very safe. I just say, let's just go in and get it. It's just information. That's all it is. And that's where we talk about those feelings. Stop worrying about how you're going to feel about the information. Let's just get it first. And then we'll start doing some things with it. See, I love this. I love this. Okay. So you talk about people being on autopilot. What do you mean by that? I mean, are you just talking about from their day to day, going to work, get up, sit down, you know, get on Facebook, whatever, whatever. Like, what, what do you mean by being on autopilot? Two things. That's one of them. You know, I have my routine every day. I plug into it. And, and the, 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 the body and the mind want to do that. That kind of keeps us, you know, in what we call homeostasis, that balance kind of a, a way of living life. The other thing I'm looking at is that we don't consistently, w without thinking, follow what's trending. You know, there's nothing wrong with what's trending, but I think we should be, we should be able to look at it and say, well, is that for me? That's the first thing. Uh, should I put myself into it? And if I'm going to do that, how should I do that? I should have that much control over myself. And I may look at that and say, well, I'm going to follow the trend. I like that trend. Well, that's great. But what I like people to do is to have made that decision for themselves. I think that's more empowering than just following the crowd that, you know, and, and I, you know, the, the, the phrase I always use is, is stop riding other people's wave, be your own wave. I just think that's just a better way to live life. Mm -hmm. Wait, wait, wait. I need you to repeat that again for the people in the back. I love that. Say that again. Yeah. The way I look at life is you, I, I tell people to stop riding other people's waves, be your own wave. Be comfortable with yourself. Be able to put who you are. You know, find, let, let's, let's go and get who you are. And then let, let's kind of unleash that on the world in a very loving way. But let's unleash it on the world. But let, let it be what, you know, let, let it be you. That, I, and I think that's really what it is, is. Are you finding that more people are scared for people to find out who they really are? Or is it that they feel they have too many secrets? 
I think it's the uh, the first one. I think that uh, there's this this feeling that if if people know who I am and this being inside me here, they're not going to like me or I'm going to be vulnerable or um, they'll look at me and say, well, yeah, I, who, who likes that kind of stuff? And it's really not true. When you go in and get all that stuff, you're going to find the fear of, of being found out has you hiding everything. And then you don't connect to all the good things inside you. And I just I tell people, let it happen. There's so much. I've never met a person in my life who didn't have just wasn't a beautiful person on the inside, but they're not connecting to it because they're so worried about what to do on the outside. Mm. Okay. Now here's another question. Still kind of leaning on that question. Where is this fear of vulnerability coming from? Is it more of a weakness is, or I mean, should I say, is it more people perceiving it as a weakness or is it just like, you know, I just don't want to be that one person. <laughs> well, you know what? I think it really comes from some real sources. Um, for a lot of us, when we do open up, the feedback we get from the world isn't always very nice. The world can be a cruel place. That is true. You know? That is true. You know, so, so I think it really starts from very real, uh, a real, very real place. But then what happens is we take that on and we believe it. And then we start thinking that that's who we are. So we put the, the good parts of ourself aside and then we start kind of meshing with the exterior world and we really haven't defined it. It's, it's much easier to define what's inside you than it is something out there that changes from day to day. You know, I always tell people, if you're strong on the inside, you can pretty much manage the world. You really can. So in other words, what you're saying is if you have an idea of really who you are and you can kind of like, put those naysayers aside you have a better self-view and you have a better you know outlook is that what you're saying that's exactly what it is the more knowledge you have about yourself and the more i mean real knowledge um good honest information the, the, that's empowering you you, you it, it connects you with all different parts of yourself then you know it's almost like when you when you when you begin to exercise and you know you've never done it and now you, you come out the next day and say my god I, I, muscles are hurting that I never even knew I had. It's, it's like that when you find yourself, when you start working with yourself, you say, wow, I'm finding things about myself I never even knew were there. And now I'm connecting to a, just a, a whole lot more information about myself that I can use not only with myself, but with my family and relationships and at work and, in, and, and with anyone I meet. I'm just, I'm just connecting to more, to more strength inside myself. Now, that is one big thing, and I come across this all the time, is what about when those naysayers, when those negative nannies and Nancys and Nicholases are all family members? How do you handle that? And I think really what I'm asking is, in other words, you have to go to family functions and kind of be around these people. So you can't just kind of like, you know, say back off, grandma. Like, you know, how, yeah. how do you deal with that? Keep in mind, family is where we, we, the first place we get that image of ourselves. And, and when those naysayers and those right. people are out there, you know, constantly criticizing or, or questioning your decisions, it gets difficult. And, you know, in, in, when I'm working with people, the first thing I say to them is, well, we're going to try to work with some, some boundary setting. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to do that. And it's not just setting the boundaries. Setting boundaries is easy. Defending boundaries is an entirely different story. 
because you know, I, I, as I say, the boundary thieves are everywhere. They're going to try to, you know, they're going to try to step on your toes if they can, because that's that makes them feel better. It's more power for them. Right um, now, now that's something that I haven't heard before. You said setting boundaries is easy, defending the boundaries is harder. What? How can we defend our boundaries? Because we're we're always told, you know, you got to set boundaries with people. You got to set boundaries with people. But it's like if people are hopping over the fence, you know, setting boundaries isn't helping. So how do we defend our boundaries? First thing about boundary defense is that you have to be willing to do that. You know, you're right. Every we we have heard setting boundaries for decades. And, and, and the more I read and the more I talked to people, I've never seen anyone say, okay, now you have to defend your boundaries. And sometimes boundary setting comes with consequences, which is what everyone fears. Right. So, so what I say, it comes down to communication. Uh, you're going you're gonna to say to someone, okay, this is a boundary. I don't want you to do this. Now, if they do that, you're going to have to, actually before they do it, you're going to have to say, if you do, then I need to do this. Mm. so they know that they know not only that you have a boundary because unless they know what's going to happen if they cross that boundary then they will you you didn't tell them any you know it's like telling the neighbor don't don't step on my property right okay that's my boundary well the neighbor didn't you know if, if it's a respectful person now okay they might do it but we don't find that as much as we'd like so if we say if you do that maybe I'm going to put a fence up and you're not going to be able to see that nice view anymore. Right. Now, right. They, now they've been told that there's a consequence for the continued action. Now boundary defense says you you say that, but then if they do it, you have to be willing to put up the fence. That's boundary. Uh, and that's what, that's the key in it. You, you communicate what you want or don't want. You tell people what will happen if they do or don't do something. And right. then you have to be willing to be able to back yourself up. You don't want an empty, an empty. Uh, right, right. Yeah, and because if, if you do that, it's even worse. Okay. Right. She talks a lot and they never back themselves up. Well, I can do anything I want, but they stop when there is a clear cut um, uh, expression of what will happen if they're going to do that. And then you're willing to back yourself up. It doesn't have to be anything extreme. Usually the first two or three steps I tell them, it might just be, you know, if you do this, I'm going to have to, you know, take this away or I'm going to have, I may not talk to you for a while or something like that. Right. But, you know, and, and boundary defense could go as far as, well, I don't think I, I, I'm not, I may not terminate the friendship, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be around you very much anymore because I, I don't want to. Right. Because the thing about someone about, uh, violating your boundaries is they're victimizing you that, that that's the uh, bottom line and 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 when we put ourselves in a position to be victimized we pretty much surrender everything about ourselves at that point we're living in fear okay okay so so that that's the thing that's why i say you've got to defend it it's no different boundary crossing is is really a very subtle form of bullying and abuse it really is because you oh. told me I don't like this and I'm willing to say, I don't care. I'm going to cross that boundary. Well, that, that's, a, that's abusive behavior. It, you know, and, and I think that's the thing that we don't ever, because even I'm, I'm sitting here like, whoa, I, I've never even thought about it that way. In other words, you set the boundary, you've told the person, I don't like this. And they still go ahead and do it anyway. So in other words, 
it's a subtle form of abuse or bullying. It certainly is. Wow. Wow. And I, yeah. I think really what it is, is, is it that we don't notice it because it is so subtle or, and it's not outright what we would call, well, you know what, you're being bullied, you're being abused, you know, is, is that it? Because I know we've become more aware of emotional abuse, but I, I, I myself never even thought of that. Yeah, you're right. It's subtle, but there's another reason is, and it comes under a, a, a behavior, something we call normalizing behavior. You know, you, 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 abuse very rarely starts, you know, just all of a sudden it, it goes, it's a hundred miles an hour. Right, right. Low, and then it accelerates. But while it's accelerating, we, we, we start to adjust to it. And then we don't see it as abusive, you know, uh, we don't see oh. it as something that's going to hurt us because, you know, it's, it's almost like um, uh, if, if, I, if you know me and, I'm, and you see me every day and I'm putting on weight and you don't really realize it because you see me every day. Well, now right, it's right. heavier, what have you. But now one of our friends who hasn't seen me for uh, five years comes over and says, oh, my God, he put on 20 pounds. He, well, see the normalization you had on your end is you see me every day. So that, that right. goes, it looks like it's going on very slowly. You don't see it. So you don't need, you're not even defining it as me putting on weight, but someone coming from, you know, a, a new perspective is going to say, my God, didn't you notice that? Well, it's the same way with bullying. It's the same way with behavior, uh, with that type of abusive behavior. We, uh, we, we, it, it develops slowly. We normalize it. We find all ways to deal with it. We, we, we tend to rationalize it. You know, we say, oh, it's not that bad. Or, okay, they cross the boundaries again, but they're really good people. And they do all these other things for me. So this boundary, my God. So I, I you know, I don't like it, but all right. We, we rationalize, we intellectualize, we deny that it's really there. We use all those good defenses and, and they're all designed for one thing is to not have us confront the problem because we don't like to confront it. Yeah. Now to take the abuse and say, hey, you stop that. Right, right. Now, um, with that, I, I, I've always seen, seen, and it's crazy, I've kind of coined this phrase myself, um, the aggressive victim, um, where a person will, you know, they kind of like, go off the handle and then they'll and then they're like you know in other words they're the one that is being victimized is that also a form of subtle abuse in other yes. words they're they're picking a fight with you and then it's like well you know you caused this you're you're mean to me you know in other words they started the fight but they, they start they, they start the fights so they victimize you there then when you bring it up they turn it on you and they victimize you again and say, you're the one that started it. Right. Right. I get, and that's one of the reasons why people don't like to confront it. And that's when I say, you know, you, you, you have to make a decision as to whether or not you want to continue to be abused, whether you want to continue to have people cross those boundaries. And if you don't, one of the possibilities as we try to work through this is you may have to pull yourself away from that person. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. And that's always one of the possibilities. It may not be the one that you like, but you know, it it can it can get very abusive, and you don't realize it. You know, abuse doesn't have to be I'm pushing you around. I don't have to touch you. you right, know, right. I can right. control you far better if I can get you to go along with it. Right. That is true. That is true. 
So, okay. I'm kind of like full of questions today. Um, <laughs> but what about the person that knows they're in that type of situation, but yet refuses to leave? Like they refuse we find to a, we, stop We find a lot of them. One of, one of the, um, uh, these especially groups, if you would, that I work with are abused women. It's a, a, something I started about geez, over 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, and, and it just kept developing and more women kept on coming. And what I started to realize was that they will, they'll start by making uh, excuses and defending the person almost. And the guy is really, an, or, or girl, is really a nice person. Uh, and then it just keeps on escalating. And what we're finding is that the brain actually um, changes to accommodate the behavior. And the person mm. actually has a difficult time leaving because the structure of the brain is, is changing after a, a period of time. And that's the real concern about taking abuse. The brain becomes trained to, uh, to deal with that and wow. has no problem. It's a comfort zone, actually. It becomes that. Mm. Horrible as that sounds. So is it kind of like an addiction? It, it, it very much so. You know, it answers the question of, that people ask all the time. Why do abused women continue to go back to these people that abuse them? Because the person has taken so much from them by that time that they firmly believe that they can't function unless they're with that person. Wow. I, I'm, I'm sitting here like literally in shock. I... You know, it's kind of like when you look at things from the inside out, it's easy to say, you know what, you, that person, that person over there. But now that you're explaining it, it's so, it's like, whoa, it's mind blowing. And that's why we don't even want to start the process. We don't want anyone to cross our boundaries. That doesn't mean we have to be mean. We don't have to be mean about it. We can be very warm and loving, but we have to say, no, you can't do that. Or I don't want that. And, and, uh, and, you know, we have to, and again, chapters in the book that I have on confronting and, and warm communication, because, you know, you can't just tell people, well, you got to go out there and, and uh, confront these people. No, there are chapters in the book that say, here's how you confront. Because a confrontation right. is nothing right. more than an exchange of information. That's all it is. Right. It doesn't have an emotional charge. We put that in, you know, so, you know, right. we, we have to learn how, that's such, such a key. Uh, in, in, in becoming healthy is learning how to, to, to warmly and lovingly confront other people and, and, and let them know that you're, you know, you're a good person and you shouldn't be treated this way. Right. So here, okay. Another question, because I see this all the time. Is social media contributing to all of this? Because we, know, we see the people that if they saw you in public would not say a word to you, but all of a sudden they are writing war and peace to you in a comment. So it happens all the time. You see, that's because it goes so fast, you know, from, from my generation where, when I grew up, we didn't have social media. We, you know, you had maybe one telephone in the house and maybe your parents let you use it, you know? So you might be at school, people did whatever they did, but then nothing happened at the, after that point, it wasn't this, this, uh, you know, a text that can go out that 60 people or a hundred people are getting. And then you walk back into wherever it works, school, wherever it may be. And right. everyone knows this thing, which probably isn't true, but they took it as fact because they're just happy. It's not them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the crazy part. So, okay. 
you know, it, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm still sitting here like all of this is really, really mind blowing. It's just like, like I said, we always think from the outside in and it's like, you know, you, 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 you know, we've all met that one person that may be in an abusive relationship and really just, you know, just girl, just leave him, you know, <laughs> not mm-hmm. realizing that it's not that easy or the, like you said, the subtle, the subtle abuses that we may not realize that we're doing now the other question that i have because i've heard this term and this is why i brought up social media is the whole narcissist for like the past two years everybody is has been their own self-proclaimed therapist and they're throwing around well you know this person is such a narcissist it's like how do you know (laughs) you know what is going on with that like and i and, and 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 can you really explain in a few words in layman's terms what a narcissist is uh, very simply a narcissist is someone who doesn't connect with the feelings of anyone else and firmly believes that everything they're doing is right and they have the power to do that should should they want to it's all about them um so but the key is that they can't they really can't connect with anyone else's feelings ah that's that, that's what drives it that's what makes it go so um you know, if you're in power or if you're or a person who in a relationship who's like that, uh, you make decisions based upon what you believe are correct. You don't consider the other person's feelings because you can't feel them yourself. And you and, and it's all about uh, that and power and being in control. Okay, because I mean, we've been hearing this thing thrown around and everyone's, you know, that person's a narcissist, this person's a narcissist, and it's like, are you well, sure? <laughs> yeah, well, you're right, they don't know what it is. It's the same thing when, um, you know, with all the other psychological terms, you, you know, um, we have so many people that are bipolar, and I said, and I, and I hear that all the time, I said, well, tell me what bipolar means to you. Right, and the close, right, the closest right. they're going to come is that their their moods are all over the place. Well, I said, that's not bipolar, but okay, <laughs> please continue, you know. Right. And I think that's, it's, it's become, it's almost in a way become a joke to certain people. So it's like, you know, people will be self-proclaimed bipolar and it's just, you know, just start saying that I don't handle my moods very well. I have mood swings. It's okay. Well, and that's what I tell people. The, the, the terminology is only there so that clinicians can communicate with each other. And then if we need to, we do, we'll do things like medication or we may refer back and forth. That's really the only reason that the label should be there. What you said is there's wisdom in that. Stop labeling yourself because then you end up uh, thinking and behaving within the confines of that label. And right. that's not probably not who you are. Give your, you know, love yourself a little, a little more here and just say, you know, I, I may, maybe my moods aren't where I'd like, like them to be because that's all. That's fine. Now we can work from there and we can get them where you want to be. Right. Now, here is another thing. And I actually want to go back to kind of the in-office thing. You mentioned medication. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think that, and we always say, you know, I don't want the doctor to put me on happy pills. Is that the, okay, I want you to put this to bed right now. Is that the automatic go-to when you go to a therapist? No. Uh, for psychiatrists, yes. But again, they're medical doctors. When you go to medical people, 
it's the medical model that they follow. So medical model means they're very often going to use medicine. Not always, but most will. Uh, myself, I would prefer that none of my people be on medicine if possible. That's not always uh, uh, practical. I do have some people that have to be on that. But the rule of thumb, even if they're on medication, is lowest dose and for as short as amount of time as possible. Uh, some people will need that medication for a long time, but we have bought into, uh, we're a medicine, we're, we're a pill society now. Uh, everything, and, and that's because we want everything to go quick instead of doing right. the work. You know, you come into counseling, I say, just like I say in the book, it, it's a program for life. You're going to do the work. If you do the work, you'll get there, but they all want it fast. It's a microwave kind of living here, you know, and um, so, you know, they'll come in and say, well, I'd like to get this, you know, fixed fast. How long do I have to be in counseling? You know, I'll, I'll get that. I said, well, as long as it takes or as long as you want to be here. Right, the right. matter is, if you're willing to put in the time, uh, then the problem will be fixed. And and the key for a good therapist is to be is to communicate that that this can be a whole lot of fun. You know, when you start finding out things about yourself, it's not going to be terrible. It's going it's you we're talking about. You right. love yourself. So you know, so you, we I, I my people have fun changing. You know, and that's what I put in the book. The book is constantly reaffirming that notion of yourself. And but we're going to go in and get some stuff you don't like. That's okay. So what? Right. And I think the other thing is the fear of seeing, and, and like you said, you know, one is a clinician and one is basically to talk, but the fear of seeing a therapist or going to therapy of any sort, kind of other than physical therapy or occupational therapy kind of makes it seem like, and I've heard this, well, I don't want to be labeled as crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, that's fading, but it's still out there. Uh, if not crazy, it's, I don't want people to think I'm weak or have problems. And, right, and the right. The matter is, we all do. You know, I do this for a living. That doesn't mean I stop working on me. I didn't get to some point where I said, well, I've arrived now, so I can stop working and I'll just help you guys. You know, if I don't continue to work on me, eventually I become non-productive for the people I'm trying to help. So it, it, it's, it's a lifelong process. And once you get into it and really, you know, start to embrace it it's something you look forward to doing every day because you're finding a lot of good things i I, mm. I don't counsel my people to go find all the negatives i i counsel them to to work with their strengths so we're gonna get some of those negatives if we have to and work and fix them but then it's all about strengths and how you how you proceed forward every day with the good parts so guys i hope that you know he's putting to bed some of those things that you thought and guess what? A lot of this stuff is in the book. So he's not just covering one thing. He's not just covering a couple of things. He's got 36 chapters to help you fix yourself. And guys, remember, again, if you want to seek help, you want to seek out a therapist, you can. But this also for those that don't want to or may not want to, or may not even want to at first, this is an option to see where you should go, what your next step is. Because guess what? It can be standalone or supplemental. So just think about it. But Faust, would you please tell my people where they can find your book and get in contact with you and any resources that you may have? 
Absolutely. We can start with the, with the website. The, I, the book is, uh, I'm sorry, the website is my name, faustruggero.com. If you type my name in or the Fix Yourself Handbook, it'll take you to my website. Website is dedicated solely to the book. Uh, you'll find chapter outlines there. You'll find uh, more all the interviews I've done. So you'll get a lot of information even before you buy the book. Uh, it'll, so, you know, it, you, you may make a decision to buy or not buy, but it, all the information is there. In terms of getting the book, um, you'll find it on Amazon, and Barnes and Noble, the usual retailers all have it. So guys, now you know where to find it. And guess what? As always, his information will be in the show notes, so you won't miss a thing. But I have to say, honestly, thank you so much, Foss. I have learned so much myself, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of other people have. That's nice to hear. And for anyone who uh, has any questions, uh, you, you can, there's, a, there's a contact page on the website. Anyone who has any questions at all, feel free. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Oh my gosh, guys. Didn't he drop some gems on us? You like really learn some things on this journey that we call life. And if you're willing to expand, you expand. So guys, don't forget to check out his page and his book. And as always, guys, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and happy shopping. What's up, everybody? This is Dee Watkins, host of the Unfiltered Views podcast. You are now tuned in to CQP Moments with the Coupon Queen Pen. <laughs>